the Love Life Church podcast and thank you for checking us out. We love God, love people, and love life, and we hope this message encourages you and inspires you. Here's today's message. Tonight, we are going to be talking about vision and self-discipline. And everybody said, Wah! right? Yeah, you love when you hear a message about self-discipline. But let me tell you, let me encourage you, right? Let me equip you with the Word of God. We've come to be equipped with the Word of God. We already have all that we will ever need inside of us. You are a spirit, right? It's about waking up to your spirit. It's about renewing our mind to the spirit. It's about discovering who we truly are truly are in the spirit as children of God, right? So today we are going to be armed with vision and self-discipline. Vision and self-discipline because vision is vital for success. Come on, you are more than a conqueror. You are an overcomer. Let's let's arm ourselves with vision and self-discipline. Let's arm ourselves with vision and see ourselves how God sees us. God sees you through the sun. God sees you through the blood of Jesus. God sees you already overcome. God sees the real you, the true you. God knows you. He knows you. He knows what you're going through and he sees you on the other side. It's, it's time for you to see yourself on the other side. It's time for you to see your as he sees you in Christ Jesus more than a conqueror come on you already have the victory vision is vital for success vision is a clear path to success from here to here let's go let's get our vision clear what is our vision set on Jesus we already have the victory in Jesus right vision is discipline Yes, vision is discipline. So have vision. I want to encourage a generation to have vision. Have vision. That is discipline because where there's no vision, there is no discipline, right? Vision will discipline what? Your focus. Come on, see those Kobe Bryants? Man, they got focus. You are not going to distract them. You are not going to get them off their focus. They got a game plan. And what is that plan? To win, right? We are winners. Look at your neighbor and say, you are a winner. You're a winner. You're already a winner in Christ Jesus. Vision is discipline because it disciplines your focus. It disciplines your future. You know those students in school who sat in the front, who took notes? And let me tell you, they had a vision for their future. They're the ones, when they were in kindergarten, I'm going to be a doctor. They sat in the front, they raised their hand, and you couldn't distract them. You couldn't get them off focus because they were going to pay your, sign your check one day right? Right? That was their vision. That was their focus, right? So vision, it it disciplines your future. Vision will discipline your friends. It'll discipline your friends. Why? Because if you guys are not headed in the same direction, you're not friends, right? It's not, there's no judgment, no guilt, no condemnation. We're just not headed in the same direction. I love you, but I'm focused on Jesus. I love you, but I know that God's got a plan. I love you. I'll see you on the other side, right? Vision will discipline your friends. Let me tell you, let me encourage you, 
Vision will discipline your friends when everybody's vaping. It's not that bad, Miss Sasha. It's all right. It's cool. Vision will discipline your friends. You'll, you'll be able to stand up. No guilt, no condemnation. But that's not my future. That's not where I'm headed. Right? I'm leveling up. Come on. Come with me. Right? Vision will discipline your priorities. We seek first the kingdom of God. We prioritize him first. What does that mean? We prioritize his way of doing things. His way of doing things with our finances. His way of doing things with our relationships. Come on. With our relationships. I'm always encouraging the young people. It's not never. It's just not now. It's just not yet. Can you, can you grow in discipline? Some of these young men, I'm telling you, raise the level of discipline. We are proud of you. We encourage you. Keep on keeping on, all right? You got this, right? Level of discipline, right? It'll also, vision will discipline your hobbies, right? Your hobbies because you're headed in a direction. You're not going to pick up these self-sabotaging hobbies, why? Because that's not where your future is. That's not where you're headed. Vision will discipline your attitude. Let me tell you, yeah, your attitude is your choice. You choose it. When you wake up, let me tell you, choose a good attitude. And if you're like, you got out of the wrong side of the bed, let me encourage you, just jump right in and crawl out of the other side. Whatever you got to do, <laughs> whatever you got to do, right? Just, okay, hold on, wait a minute, let me jump in, I'm going to crawl out the other side. Because vision will discipline your attitude, vision will discipline your money, right? You got a goal, you got a plan, you're getting a down payment, you're going to buy that, that car, you're going to, you know, whatever it is, whatever it is, it's going to discipline your money. It's going to discipline your money. Vision will discipline your life. Proverbs 29, 18. Where there is no vision from God, the people run wild. But those who adhere to God's instruction know genuine happiness. Let me tell you, where there's no vision, there's no order. Where there's no order, there's no submission. Where there's no submission, there's no authority. When there's no authority, there's no success, there's no genuine fulfillment, there's just chaos. And all the moms in the house said, uh, it's summer and there's chaos and we bring it in order. <laughs> all y'all coming into order, right? They're like, at this time, you will wake up. At this time, you will do your chores because you're doing your part. You are a part of this family and you have a special part to play. It's called take out the trash. That's your part. Come on. That's your part in the family. I have, I, know, I have a friend, and she says uh, her kids are getting a little bit older. She's got a younger one who's like four, and everybody's getting chores, and he's like, I want a chore. I want a chore, too. Everybody has chores but me. Isn't that so cute? Imagine we're racing a generation. I want to do my part. I play a special part in this family. She's like, all right, you got a chore. All these small trashes are yours. Let me tell you, them small trashes. I have pulled up to their house. I have seen this kid. He's like this big. He is jumping up to push up the trash, and then he throws it in there. Why? Because he plays a special part in this family. He plays a special part in this family, right? So there's vision. There's order. Come on, right? 
there's fruit producing, right? Success, genuine fulfillment, not just chaos. Because when there's no vision, there's no order, there's no submission, there's no authority, there's just chaos. If we're going to enjoy success and fulfillment, how many are ready to enjoy success? Right? How many are ready to live the fulfilled life? Right? A fulfillment, then we're going to have to first submit to the authority of Jesus as Lord and Savior of our life. Sometimes he's just Savior. Like, get me into heaven, Savior, Savior, Jesus, Jesus. But how many are ready to submit under his Lordship? Let him be the Lord of your life. Right? Let him be the Lord of your life. Let him be the Lord over your finances. Let him be the Lord over your time. Let him be the Lord over your relationships. Let me tell you, when something has you, you cannot give it away. Money don't have me, here it is. Relationships don't have me, here they are. Lord, it's all yours. It belongs to you, right? we got to first submit to his authority, right, and his lordship, changing the way we think to think more like Christ. So he has a way of doing things. Every time Jesus says, repent, 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 we're over here thinking he's saying, be remorseful, be remorseful, cry, penance, you know, whip yourself on the back. Anybody been there? That's religion. That's not what Jesus is saying. Jesus is saying, can you change your way of thinking? Can you you follow me? right? Follow me and I will make you. Can you change your way of thinking? Jesus didn't come to start a religion. He came to open the door for relationship, to restore relationship with God, to redeem our relationship. And all he's asking us, change the way you think. Think like a winner. Come on, think like a beloved child of God. Think like, think like a champion, Think like a king's kid. Think, have that kind of mindset. Come on, king of kings, let's go. Change our way of thinking to be of the same mind as Christ, the same heart attitude as Christ, the same heart surrender as Christ. His heart was surrender. God, your will be done. Your will be done in my life, right? As followers of Jesus, we are disciples of Jesus. Look at your neighbor say, we disciples. Come on. We are disciples of Jesus. And as his disciples, we're his understudies. So what do we need to do? We need to study the life of Jesus. As an understudy, we better get to studying him, his life, the way he did things, how he thinks, right? He gave us the example how to be conquerors, right? He gave us the example how to take authority as his disciples. We're his dedicated students, right? We're the ones in the front of the class taking the notes, acing the test. Let's go, right? We're his dedicated students. We are his focused learners. We are always a student, Let me tell you, you are never a know-it-all, so don't be one, right? Don't get religious. Don't be a know-it-all. There is always something to learn. From the little kids to the oldest, somebody can teach you something. Let's go. I'm a student. I'm a student of life, right? God's not testing me, but life is. Anybody had life test you? You're repeating the same test again and again and again. It may have a different name, but it's the same test. Pass the test. How are we going to pass the test? We need to get new information. We need to change our way of thinking, right? We need to get a revelation of God's word. 
We gotta be focused learners, not distracted. Focused learners, keeping our eyes on Jesus. Come on, we're his understudies. Let's study his life, right? Keeping our eyes on Jesus, voluntarily surrendering our will to his influence. Who is the greatest influencer in your life? It should be Jesus, right? It should be Jesus. We got all these followers and influencers. I'm always asking the young people, what do you want to be when you grow up? I want to be an influencer. I want to travel the world and be lazy. I want to do nothing and take my picture everywhere. Okay, well, that's nice. But, come on, there's got to be more to life than just that. If they're so living the life, why are they taking their lives? Why? It's not fulfillment. It's not real. It's fake. It's fantasy. It's edited. You know your own profile picture doesn't look like you. That ain't a lie. You put up your new profile picture, your husband's like, whoa, who dad? <laughs> jokes, jokes, it's just kidding, right? Come on, we gotta voluntarily submit our will to his influence, to his influence over our vision, his influence over our purpose here on this earth, right? We gotta com be committed and submitted to imitating Christ as our master teacher. It's time for a master class, right? What do we do? We imitate, we imitate. Let me tell you, all of us are imitators. All of us are imitators. The, even the, the greatest fashion, it's already been around, come around and back around, right? That song, it's already, like people think these songs are popping. I'm like, oh, that was a song in the 90s. Let me tell you the OG. And then my parents tell me, no, no, let me tell you the OOG. You know what I mean? Like every, everything that comes around, goes back around, all that kind of stuff. But we're supposed to be imitators of Christ. Imitators of how he walked on this earth, right? That's who we're supposed to be imitating. He's the master teacher, right? There's a big difference between a disciple of Jesus and a believer in Jesus. Big difference, right? We are disciples, not just believers. We both, right? A believer goes to church, and a disciple is the church, not just these four walls. We are the church outside of these doors. We are the church in our home. We are the church in our workplace. We are the church to our own soul, reminding ourselves of his plan and his purpose and his will, come on, and his word. We are the church. A disciple is the church. A believer attends. Yeah, good. A disciple remains planted to flourish. How many are ready to grow some roots? Grow some deep roots, be planted to flourish, bearing much fruit because we need you. You play a special part in this family. How many are ready to pick up your part, right? Them trashes, they need picked out, taken out, right? There's things that need to be done in this house and you play a special part. A believer attends, a disciple remains planted to flourish. A believer is a hearer, a disciple is a doer. We didn't come to be entertained. We came to hear the word and to do the word, to hear the word and apply the word. How does this apply to me? 
How does this apply to my family? How does this apply to my relationships? How does this apply to me out in this world? How does this apply? A believer may be offended with difficulties because difficulties come. Life happens, storms happen, but a disciple grows in difficulties. A disciple learns, we about to walk on water. We about to see God move, right? Because we're keeping our eyes on Jesus, not the storm, not the wind. Let's go, right? We got to keep our eyes. How many already walk on water? Surfboard, let's go. I can't, I've never got on a surfboard just pretending right now. That's all, Right? A believer, we're not offended. A believer wants to be informed. Come on, give me a new revelation. You got a new word? Come on, bring me something good. Ah, the message was okay. Check your heart, right? A believer is, wants to be informed, but a disciple desires to be transformed. I want to be transformed. How many want to be a transformer, right? Transforming into your new creation. Transforming to your spirit self. Transforming into the image of the sun, right? A believer is a consumer. What can the church do for me? What can the pastor do for me? What can you do for me, right? But a disciple is a contributor. A disciple is a giver. What can I do for my church? What can I do for my pastor? When my bobblehead starts bobbling, watch out, right? We're givers. We give of our time, our talents, our treasure, because we know that God gives the increase. Everything we do is for him and unto him, not for man. He's the rewarder. He pays our wages. He is. Let's go to those who diligently seek him, diligently seek him, right? A believer is convinced, a disciple is committed. A believer is called, a disciple fulfills the call. A believer says, here I am. A disciple says, send me. I'll go into this world. Send me. What's your plans for me? What's your will for me? Send me, not use me. God, make me usable. Make me usable in this world, right? A believer enjoys the free gift of salvation and is going to heaven. Hallelujah. Woo-wee. A disciple enjoys heaven on earth and all its kingdom benefits. Let's go. God's rewards and his precious promises. That sozo life, that all-inclusive life here on this earth, right? A believer is willing to live for Jesus and a disciple is willing to even die for Jesus which are we what are we a hearer are we a doer are we easily offended are we easy to correct we love correction right are we a consumer are we a giver how can I help my church where's my special part to play are we a believer? Are we a disciple? The fruit of our life speaks for itself. Produce much fruit. Let's go. Right? We got, it's time to grow up. It's time to level up. Right? We're, we're responsible for our lives. Let's take responsibility. And if you don't like the fruit, change the seeds. <laughs> right? Change the seeds that you're planting. Be that giver. Be that doer, right? Be that contributor. Change your way of doing things. Change your way of thinking. 
Start thinking like a disciple. Start thinking like Jesus, right? The goal is to think more and more like Christ, right? No guilt, no condemnation, just change. Just change. Change is changed, right? Change is changed, right? Let's go. No guilt, just change the way you're thinking. we got to think more like Christ. Jesus is the ultimate example for our lives. He is the example. We're to be conformed into the image of Christ for the purpose of personal transformation, not to police others, right? So I'm, I'm leveling up. I'm transforming. What about you? Oh, that don't sound like Jesus. (laughs) It's for personal transformation, right? Not for the purpose of becoming a religious person. We do not need another religious person here. Anybody? You're like, you are, I already know. You don't got to tell me. I'm already telling myself, right? We're not, the, the purpose is not to become a religious person. Being a follower of Jesus is not being a religious person. Quoting the scriptures to everybody. Have you received Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Turn our burner, you're going to hell. They're living in hell. That's not the purpose. Jesus didn't come to this earth to start a religion. He came to show us the Father. You've seen me, you see the Father. You've seen me, you see the Father. You've seen me, you see the Father. He came to show us the Father. Jesus is manifestation of the perfect will of God. Jesus mastered over his own will. He surrendered his will to the will of God. Woo-wee! Come on, how many are ready for the master class? Right, we're going to master school. Here you go. Here's the education you needed. Being a disciple of Jesus is not being a religious person, not getting your master's degree on religion. No, it's being a disciplined person. It's being a disciplined person, living a life of self-control because the most powerful kind of control is self-control. Not the most powerful kind of control to control people. Try to control yourself. You'll see how hard it is, right? You know why? Because we know that it's hard to master. And the day that we wake up to that fact, we stop trying to control others. We stop. We're focused on us, our transformation, our personal discovery in who we are in Christ, right? We just focused on mastering our own will to the will of God. Keeping our eyes on Jesus, keeping our eyes on vision and focus and keeping our thoughts on the word of God. Taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ is saying, does this thought line up to what Jesus says about me? Does this thought line up to the way God sees me? Does this thought surrender to the word of God? We take it, we surrender it to the word. Right? Not religiously, take that thought captive in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. And the thought's still swirling around, swirling around. No, you line it up to the words of Jesus. You line it up to the word of God. Take that thought captive, right? The Bible is information that will set us free. But we need a revelation of that information. So a revelation means how does this information apply to me to set me free? How many are ready to be free? 
right? To be free. How does this revelation, how does this information apply to me to set me free? And how can I take action to apply this information in my everyday life? Application of the revelation is what produces transformation, right? We want that transformation body, but all we got is before pics. Help us, Jesus. He's trying to get us a revelation. We got to get a revelation of who we are on the inside, right? And then that will produce on the outside. It'll line up spirit, soul, body. Application of that revelation produces transformation. It produces freedom. We're no longer slaves to sin. We're no longer a slave to our old way of doing things. We're no longer a slave to our old nature. No, we are set free. Unlock the keys, right? Get out of the, the, the jail. Jesus already opened the door, but you got to run out, right? By renewing our mind. This is the process so that we can be free. We got to be conformed to the image of Christ, right? And this is for the purpose of personal transformation. Romans 12, 2. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove that which is good and acceptable and the perfect will of God. The only way that we discover, find, and follow God's will for our life is to renew our mind to the word of God. Renew our minds, our old way of thinking, our old patterns, our old habits. Renew them to the word of God, to God's way of thinking, to God's kingdom. Unlocking that freedom, unlocking that freedom, right? Jesus is the word. Jesus is manifestation of the perfect will of God. So we better keep our eyes on Jesus. Look to Jesus. We're his understudy, so we better study his life, right? Jesus only did the will of the Father. Jesus surrendered his will to to the will of the Father. John 12, 14, 49. For I have not spoken on my own authority. These are the words of Jesus. Come on, in your Bible, when you got those red letters, you better read those red letters, highlight those red letters, study those red letters, because those are the words of Jesus. For I have not spoken on my own authority, but the Father who sent me gave me a command, what I should say and what I should speak. And what I know is that his command is everlasting life. Therefore, whatever I speak, just as the Father has told me, so I speak. Then why are we speaking whatever we want to? Why are we speaking our truth and my truth and my way? And no, we should speak the word. Jesus said he didn't even speak on his own authority. Who do we think we are? Right? Speak the word. Submit to the word. Surrender to God's will. Right? Submission is a voluntary choice. Submission cannot be forced. That's obedience. You can make somebody obey, but submission is everything to do with their heart. Right? Anybody obey? Like, mm, 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 mm. This is so funny. I was teaching in youth. Should I uncover them? It was hilarious. I laughed so hard. They were like, how come your mom cannot uh, hear you when you said your mom says, because your mom calls your name. And you're like, yeah, yes, what? Whatever you reply to your mom has to do with you guys, right? She can't hear you. But when you're standing in front of her and you just think something like, mm, why is she going to tell me doing it? She can hear you. 
I laughed so hard. I thought that was so funny. Yeah, that's true. She can't hear you from a mile away. You're like, what? But right in your face. Hmm. Anyways, submission has to do with the heart. We can make them obey, but it's about that submitted, surrendered heart, right? Submission to God is a voluntary choice. You want to know why? Because he gave you a free will. You got to choose him for yourself, right? Submission has to do with a heart attitude. Submission to God cannot be forced. Following Jesus is following his example of submission, his example of surrender, right? As followers of Jesus, we are disciples of Jesus. And as his disciples, we're his understudies, right? We're his dedicated students, we're his pupils, we're his focused learners, right? I thought this was so cool. The word disciple and the word discipline come from the same root word. Disciple, discipline come from the same root word and you can sound it out and look it up for yourself. It's that right there, right? It's the Latin word for pupil, which also provides the source of the word disciple, right? We have to co cultivate a lifestyle of discipline as disciples of Jesus. A disciplined life is the fruit of a disciplined mind. Disciplined thoughts, 1 Peter 5, 8. Be sober. And the church said, amen. <laughs> Be sober, well-balanced, and self-disciplined. Be alert and cautious at all times. That enemy of yours, the devil, prowls around like. Remember, the devil's a liar. He's a con artist. It's like, like a roaring lion, fiercely hungry, seeking whom he may devour. You allow him in with your undisciplined mind. That's why we need to be sober, right? We need to be opposite of intoxicated. Anybody been intoxicated on too much social media? You've been intoxicated, right? Not just in, in, with liquor and alcohol, but you're intoxicated with food. Anybody had a food coma? You know, like Thanksgiving, you're just like, oh, let me lay down. Some of you, that's every night after dinner. <laughs> jokes, 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 sorry. We got to be the opposite of intoxicated. Be of a sound mind. Come on, the older we get, a sound mind, a well-disciplined mind, taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ, being alert with spiritual alertness. Why? Because the devil's a liar. He's a con artist. He's a magician. It's all smoke and mirrors, right? Acting like a lion whom he may devour, seeking an undisciplined mind to play mind games with. Paul said in 2 Timothy 1.7, for God did not, look at your neighbor said, did not, come on, for God did not give us a spirit of fear, but he has given us a spirit of power and of love and of sound judgment and personal discipline, abilities that result in a calm, well-balanced mind and self-control. We got to level up in vision and self-control, keeping our eyes on Jesus, being a good disciple, right? Self-control, seeing ourselves in our new creation reality. You are a new creation in Christ Jesus. Wake up to your new creation reality. Seeing ourselves how God sees us through the sun. So we see ourselves through the sun. 
That's why there's no guilt, no condemnation, because we see ourselves through Jesus cultivating a lifestyle of what? Personal discipline. I'm a disciple of Jesus, operating in personal discipline. You ain't got to be jealous of somebody else's discipline. They're so disciplined. Unlock the key because you already got it inside of you. Unlock that knowledge, right? Having vision. Have vision for your life. Having order. Having submission, right? Under authority. Having authority over yourself. Let God's word be the ultimate authority, right? The ultimate authority in our lives. Not fear. Not chaos. Anybody had chaotic thoughts running wild, swirling around? No. No. Take those thoughts captive. Where there's no vision from God, the people run wild. But those who adhere to God's instruction have genuine happiness. Right? God did not give us a spirit of fear. But of power and of love and a sound mind. A disciplined lifestyle is the fruit of a disciplined mind. Self-control is the fruit of the spirit, right? When you walk in and acting spiritual, you know what you walk in? Self-control. That's a spiritual person. No, we see somebody who's singing la 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 la. That, that's a spiritual person. No, you walking in self-control. That's a spiritual person walking in the spirit, right? Self-control is the virtue of one who masters his own desires and his passions and his appetites. Anybody got appetites? Mastering you? Sending you to master class? No, we are walking in self-control, right? Paul said in Galatians 5.22, but the fruit of the spirit, the result of his presence within us is love, unselfish concern for others, joy, inner peace, patience, not the ability to wait, but how we act while waiting, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. Come on, in the spirit, we already have all that we will ever need. And we need to live in the spirit and also walk in the spirit. How are we going to do that? By renewing our mind to the spirit. Renewing our mind to the word of God. Renewing our mind to God's way of doing things. Allowing the spirit to direct our life. Allowing the word of God to direct our life. Having vision. Having purpose, right? And allowing the spirit to... to um, Produce in our life abundant fruit, right? Producing so much that people are partaking of the Jesus in you. Per people are partaking of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Let me tell you, you don't got to be jealous of anybody else's self-control. You don't got to be jealous of anybody else's love and their peace. Oh, they just live such a peaceful life. You've got everything available to you, in you, through the word of God. Just wake up to that truth. Get knowledge. Get a revelation of how to apply that to your life, right? We have it available to us. Unlock it. How are we going to unlock it? By renewing our mind. By growing in knowledge, right? In the knowledge of God. And then we're going to be set free. No longer slaves, right? Life, life is so much more than passions and appetites. There's so much more to life than our next meal, right? There's so much more to life, right? Than just these passions and appetites. Arm yourself with vision and self-discipline. 
Don't be the wasteful prodigal son. Prodigal means wasteful. What did he do? He wasted his inheritance. How many of us have an inheritance from Jesus and we're wasting it? We're wasting it. Why? Because we don't know its value. We don't even understand. But let me encourage you also, do not be the resentful, obedient older son. This, this, you got some homework, right? In Luke 15, 11 through 32, it talks about the prodigal son, but it also talks about the resentful, obedient older son. Right? The prodigal son, the wasteful son, he takes in his, his inheritance. He goes out. He parties hard because the world looks fun. Let me tell you, sin is pleasurable for a season. Whew. Life is but a vapor. That season is real short. Right? Sometimes we lie to these kids. We're like, sin is not fun. Yeah, it is for a season. Pleasurable for a season. Then you got to pay the piper. Pay up, son. That'll hit you hard. Don't be the wasteful prodigal son, but don't be the resentful, obedient son. Why? Because that son finally came home and he says, I'll just be a servant. I'll just be a slave. I'll be a slave for my father because at least they have food to eat. I'm out here starving. I'll go home and say, Father, please, please just let me be your slave. And at least I'll have food to eat. So he comes running home and what does the father do? The father makes him a party. The father gets the best of the best ribeyes out. He gets the filet mignon. He gets it all out. He said, make a party. My son is home. The son came afar. And what is the older son doing? The older son, he's serving. He's obedient, working hard, building the business, doing exactly what the father said. And, and, the, and the older son is out working. And he hears a party. He hears the music. He hears the celebration. He smells the ribeyes. And he says, he asks one of the servants, what's going on? It's like, your brother's home. Your wasteful brother. You know the prodigal son? That wasteful one? He's home. And your dad made a party for him. And what does that son, what does that obedient son say? Why is he making a party for him? What does the son say? His, the son is angry. He's angry at the dad. He's angry at his wasteful brother. And he's like, dad, you never throw a party for me. Any of us been there? We're serving hard in the ministry. God, why do you never take care of me? God, why aren't you prospering me? God, why aren't I'm serving and serving. Martha, Martha. Don't be the wasteful prodigal son, but don't be the resentful, you know, uh, passive-aggressive son. No, that's religion. And what did the dad tell him? The dad told the older son, son, everything I have, everything I have is yours. You can make a party with your friends. You have not because you ask not. You're just in there rumbling and grumbling. Speak to your father. He's like, everything that is mine is yours. 
God's given us everything through the blood of Jesus. Everything God has is ours. Don't be the wasteful prodigal son, but don't be the resentful, right, older son. Who are we supposed to be? We're supposed to be like Jesus, the beloved son, in whom God is well pleased. This is my son, and who I am well pleased. When Jesus went to get water baptized, um, he goes down, he comes up, Jesus, and God is like, this is my son. Come on. He, we, we need to be like the beloved son. And then what happened after that? He went to be tested. He went to be tested. But anyways, that's another message for another time. Did you guys receive something tonight? Come on, all you beloved sons and daughters of God. We're going to level up, right? Have vision and self-discipline. I love you guys. Love you so much. We'll see you all on Sunday. Have a great week. Amen. Thanks again for listening. To hear more encouraging messages just like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. If you loved what you received, please consider rating it and sharing it with your friends and family. For more information about Love Life and getting connected with us, go to lovelife.church. We love you and are believing God's best for you.